Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Uh, Owen and I had a, a pastor, in fact Owen worked with him when he was a pastor at his previous church at King's Church. And we had a pastor, another pastor there called Mick Taylor. Some of us know Mick Taylor. A few years ago, he came and took one of our weekends, uh, our weekends away. And Mick would sometimes, on a Sunday, rather than do a sort of a sermon, he would do something called Mick's Musings. Now, Mick was um, a, a fantastic Bible teacher and pastor, and I can't in any way begin to emulate something that Mick would muse on. If you had Mick's Musings here today, it would be at, a, at another level. However, today I am going to do more of a musing, probably, than um, a preach. Hence, I'm going to sit down. Um, the passage we're going to look at in a moment is actually a story of Jesus in a domestic setting where he is sitting in a home and teaching. And uh, sometimes he sp- stood up and taught in the synagogues. Sometimes he was speaking to great crowds. Sometimes he sat in people's homes. And uh, so today, this is going to be a bit more like a, a family musing. We're all going to sit around. Um, if, if, if we had the space, we'd put sofas out and we'd all sit on a sofa. And this is a bit of a musing rather than a, a sermon. But I hope that, nevertheless, it will be an opportunity for us to hear from God And everything that has come from our worship this morning just supports really what I want to muse on with with you this morning. In fact, as as we were worshipping, I thought actually there's a title that I'd not thought of that might be the best title for what we're going to look at over the next few minutes, which is a plea for intimacy. A plea from God for intimacy with us. So let's pray for a moment and then we will read a short passage and then for better or worse I will give you my musings. Let's pray. Lord we are so grateful to you for bringing us to another new year. We thank you for all the evidences of your goodness and faithfulness to us during the past year. We thank you that we can trust you to be with us and faithful in the coming year. And we thank you that we have a God who wants to be close to us and invites us to be close to him. And it could be the most important decision that we make this year. A decision to nurture and cultivate intimacy with the ultimate. And so, Father, as we have these moments together... Around this beautiful story, Lord Jesus, of you home, in their home, we ask that we would sense your intimate presence with us, that we would sense you speaking intimately to us over these next moments, and that we will be changed. We name, Amen. So the passage that we are going to look at is a familiar one. It's only short, and I will read it, and then we will have some thoughts and musings on it. 
Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. This comes just after Jesus has told the parable of the Good Samaritan. So having told this parable, Luke, and Luke's the only gospel where we have this account of what happens here with Mary and Martha. Uh, We then have this account of Jesus in in a home, in a very different setting. Now as they went on their way, they were on their way to Jerusalem, Jesus and the disciples, Jesus And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. strikes me when I read this passage, and yesterday was my day for prep. Uh, until yesterday, I didn't know what I was going to speak on. I'd gone one direction and then another, and then just felt led to this passage. And what I did was I sort of spent a day... So let me just tell you a tiny bit about my process of prep. So I will quite often get to quite close to a Sunday, and I will feel, rather like Martha actually, a level of frustration with the Lord feeling like I haven't got anything, God. And yesterday morning, I was in the bathroom thinking, okay, this is my day, I don't have anything, I don't know what I'm going to speak on. God, why does this so often seem to happen? And I just felt a sense, really, of the Lord saying, you've got a day where you could just spend with me. And out of that, I I will give you something. And that just, for me, just shifted it. It just shifted on its head my thought about how yesterday was going to be. I thought yesterday was going to be a difficult, frustrating day because I had no idea what I was going to preach on. And suddenly there is this sense of, do you know what? No, you just need to be with me. And then actually out of that comes a passage which then really reinforces that message about being with him. So here's some of my musings on this passage. Here's the first one. It was actually a sense when I read it of, of increasing, I guess, surprise and shock at the way that Martha spoke to Jesus. I'd never really seen it that way before. But Martha questions him and tells him what she thinks he should do. God of heaven, she is questioning why he, does he care, do you care about me? This is what you should do, Jesus. You should tell my sister to come and help me. I'd never before really been struck by the fact that allows that 
without bringing down a lightning bolt on Martha. When we read through some of the Psalms, we find psalmists sort of do the same. The Psalms of lament, the Psalms of complaint, the Psalms that include great questions about suffering and why things are happening the way they are. is so merciful to Martha. He doesn't call down the judgment of heaven. He allows her to bring her complaint to him. And he doesn't judge. And he doesn't condemn. One writer that I read who writes about this passage, a guy called John Bloom, talks about that and talks about Martha And the fact that actually, had she not spoken out, it seems like Jesus was just going to allow her to carry on serving, not really sitting and listening, not making the most of the opportunity she has to sit at his feet like Mary is. He would have just allowed her to carry on what she was doing. John Bloom says that he's quite frightened by that. That actually sometimes Jesus will just let us carry on doing the stuff that, rather than taking us closer to him, takes us, in a way, further away. But actually, Martha felt free enough with Jesus to go and bring a complaint to him. And it is at that point that Jesus then speaks to her. My musing on that, for me personally, was this. When I am frustrated, sometimes when I am frustrated maybe about serving, it might be in the church context, it might be in a family context. I tell you, in the last week or so, I found myself doing some unexpected serving in my family context. There were times when I found that frustrating. There is an invitation here in this story for us not to just live with those frustrations and allow them to build up into bitterness. Bring them to Jesus. Even when they are frustrations with him. This story illustrates to us that he is so kind to us that he will not judge us. And actually, it's better when we bring our frustrations and our questions to him. Because at that point... There is a difference, though, between the kindness and patience of God and the kindness and patience of Jesus at this point with Martha. There's a difference between his patience and indulging what she says. She asks this question, Don't you care for me? Tell my sister to help me. And Actually, Jesus doesn't answer that question. Jesus doesn't bring the reassurance that that question is seeking. Don't you care for me? Now, I don't know about you, but if someone said that to me, I would probably want to give them every reassurance that I care. Yes, of course I do. Sorry, I didn't realize you were doing all the work here. Actually, you're right. We should divide the labor here. So, Mary, maybe you should go and let Martha come and sit with me for a bit. Jesus doesn't indulge this at all. 
speaks into the root of what is underneath this for Martha. I know that is so reassuring for us because sometimes the questions and complaints that we bring to Jesus are not the real issue. We will not be trapped into trying to deal with what we think is the real issue. Instead, he will lovingly put his finger on what the real issue is. provocation and comfort and encouragement. The way he does it is like this. Read other commentators on this passage. They talk about this repetition of Martha's name as being an indication of two different things. Firstly, the compassion. finger on what the real thing is here, what the real issue is. The real issue here is not actually that Martha is overworked. It's not that Mary should have acted differently. The real issue here is that Martha is divided. That word anxiety, when you look it up in the Greek, it means to be divided or to be pulled in different directions. Martha here is being pulled in different directions. And Jesus' answer to her anxiety and her troubledness, he says, you're troubled about many things. He says to her, only one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. Now, this is in the context of probably Martha busying herself in providing a sumptuous meal with many different dishes for her guests. And it's like Jesus is using, if you like, a culinary, a a sort of a domestic picture here for Martha. Because in one way, it's like he's saying to her, Martha, you're worried about many things, Only one thing is necessary. It's like Jesus is saying on one level, look, we don't need the lasagna and the shepherd's pie and the jerk chicken. Only one thing is needed. The lasagna would have been enough. But of course, he's also saying something much, much deeper than that. And we find out what it is he's saying when he talks about the choice that Mary has made. So he says to Martha, look, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things, but actually only one thing is needed here. Prioritized here the wrong thing. Martha thought that she was there to serve Jesus. But actually, Jesus says, I've not come to be served. Here. You should be allowing me to serve you. Sometimes our 
anxiety about serving, our anxiety about doing the things that we think we should, the things that we think are the right action, can actually become really distracting about the very thing that Jesus is wanting us to do in this moment. It wasn't that actually there wasn't a moment to prepare the lasagna. Of course there was going to be a moment for serving. But Martha had allowed herself to become preoccupied by it. It had become her identity. It had become her priority to be practical and to serve. And in that, she missed the invite to be intimate with Jesus. And it's an invite that I think at the beginning of this new year, Jesus is giving to us. It's an invite that came powerfully through our worship this morning and through the way that Steve led us to pray for one another. It's a reminder at this new year that with all the distractions and with the anxieties and the worries, there is a real possibility that we miss the one thing that is needful. Be in his presence and to be intimate with him. That's what he offers. and That's what he offers and that's what Mary took him up on. What does then Jesus say about that one needful thing? Well, he then uses Mary and Mary's response as the example of what the one needed thing is and was. And the one needful thing was to choose the good portion. It's an interesting term, isn't it? Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken away from her. Other translations say Mary has chosen the better part, the better course. But actually that word portion, again, it has a, a culinary uh, association to it. If, when I put in the Greek word that is in the Bible, in the, the original Greek, what came up on Google were lots of pictures of Greek dishes, of plates of Greek food. Because that word still means a portion of food. Jesus is saying, look, let's carry on here with the analogy, Mary. You're worried about many things. You're worried about many dishes here. But actually, Mary has chosen the good portion. And it's not going to be taken away from her. The good portion The good portion at that moment, in that particular moment, was to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to his teaching. That was the good portion. In that moment, that was the right decision. And it's interesting that Jesus says, that won't be taken away from her. This coming year, every one of us sitting in this room is going to be presented with many different choices of portion. When uh, I was at my previous church, we sometimes had a missionary who would come home from India on what used to be called furlough. That's a very old-fashioned term. It's used in Baptist churches, not used these days very often. But every now and then, about every five or six years, a missionary would be allowed to come home 
uh, for a number of months on what was called furlough. And this missionary that Owen and Pauline both know and I know, her name is Rosemary, she's uh, retired now, but she worked for many, many years in the slums of India, in, in, in Mumbai. And, uh, and I remember her coming back to England after being away for a number of years, and she stayed uh, with my parents, and I remember sitting around a meal table with her, and she had just visited a supermarket in the UK. And she came back home with this level of shock, almost overwhelmed with the level of choice. Because where she was from in India, there was virtually no choice. It was rice. And maybe if you were lucky, a bit of chicken. That was the staple. There was no choice. And now she comes back, and there are like 10 different types of cat litter let alone the type of foods that you can choose. You, you, there's, there's all these different arrays of, of foods for pets, let alone what we can choose for us. And she was overwhelmed with the level of choice that's available. Do you know what? That level of choice can for us be a distraction. I don't just mean the level of choice in the supermarket. But this year, in our lives, we will be presented with many, many different portions to choose from. Some of those portions that we'll be presented with may seem really legitimate. We might say that Martha's choice to serve was a legitimate one. But actually, there will be times for all of us when Jesus will be offering a better portion He will be offering a portion which is to do with intimacy with him. And for some of us, and I count myself in this category, which is why I speak these words to myself as much as anybody else, it can sometimes seem easier to serve than it can to sit at his feet and be intimate with him. My encouragement to us this year is when he offers the good portion, take it. But don't just take it, protect it. Protect those times when you know that there is this good portion that will not be taken away from you. Because the other portions that you will be offered this year will all fade. They will all one day be burned up. What Jesus was saying here to to Martha and to Mary was that Mary has made the good choice because what she has done, somehow what she has done here is going to last through to eternity. She has sat and chosen the good portion. She has sat at my feet. She has engaged with me. She has listened to my teaching. She has chosen a moment to be intimate with me What I really wanted, Martha, was not your service. I wanted your company and your intimacy. And If you give me that, I will give you things that will never, ever be taken away. I will give you living water that will bubble up into eternal life. This year, we will be presented and offered with many different portions. But there will be one portion that is needful for us. So protect it. What does that look like? 
Well, I think it looks like a couple of different things. I don't know about you, sometimes I read the Gospels and I think, you know, it seems like it might have just been so much easier then because Jesus was there. Now, Mary sat at the physical feet of Jesus and listened to him actually speak. That just seems to me a lot easier. But do you know what Jesus said? No, it isn't. Because later on, what Jesus says is he says this. He says, it's better for you to his disciples if I go away. Why? Because then the Father will send the Holy Spirit to be with you and in you. What that means is that we have the portion offered to us every day, all the time, on a daily basis. The portion of being with him is offered to us all the time. But practically, what does that look like and how do we protect that? How can we protect that? Things I'd say. This isn't a pastor nagging you to make sure you have a quiet time. But it is. <laughs> it's the better portion. That doesn't come naturally to you. Well, it didn't come naturally to Martha. But it's the one thing that won't be taken away. That opportunity to be intimate with your Savior every day. Protect it. Find what works for you. My brother is a school teacher. He has young children as well. He gets into work early because he has to drop one daughter off to school on the way to his own school. And then he said, oh, I find a bit of time then. Find whatever time it is, whether it's when you get into work, whether it... Find that time. Maybe it won't happen every day. And if it doesn't, do you know what you'll hear from your saviour? Martha. Hey. But find it and protect it. Protect this. Protect this. Protect your relationships with your brothers and sisters in the church because they are as Christ to you. Protect Sunday mornings. Protect your small group. Protect your family devotion time or your prayer time with your husband or your wife or your friends. Protect it. And the other thing is ask God to help you to have eyes to see and to hear when he is speaking to you in the everyday. In the everyday. Let me give you two personal examples from this last week. I'm trying to cultivate this. I'm not always good at it. Sometimes I'm more of a Martha. Sometimes I'm more anxious about things. I'm running hither and thither. I feel divided. And when I do, I think I miss many moments when I could be intimate with the Savior. I think I miss many moments when he was wanting to speak to me. But I'm trying to be more intentional. And so there are two things this week that I have felt him speak to me through the the everyday. One of them...
was an extremely personal one. However, I want to share it with you because it was also a joyful one. Over, over Christmas time, uh, my mum went into hospital and the news is not good. And uh, we heard the news on, on Christmas Eve. And, um, and it was, it was, God was in it. And one day when I was leaving the hospital... And we'd had conversations about end-of-life care and things like that. And I was leaving the hospital to go to Sainsbury's, which is just next to the hospital. In this particular hospital where my mum was, there is a long, long corridor that reaches to a set of glass doors, which are the main entrance. It was late in the afternoon, and there was a very low sun. The sun was streaming through these glass doors all the way along this long corridor, which I was walking along. It was so bright that although there were people walking up and down the corridor, all I could see was black silhouettes of them. I couldn't make out their faces, their features. All I could see were these black silhouettes of people because the light that was streaming through these glass doors and reflecting off the polished surface of the hospital floor was so bright that I couldn't see anything else but that. I've never experienced anything like it in a building before. You know, if you're driving in the, in, the, in the winter, sometimes you get that really low, blinding sun. And it was like that, but it was magnified because of, I think the glass doors were reflecting it more. And I just sensed the Lord saying, that's where you're walking towards. That's where your mum's going. And I was able to go back to the hospital ward, and I said to her, Mum, that's what I've just seen. That's where we're going. And I'm very careful to say to my mum, that's where we're going, okay? Because that's where we're going. Yes, it might be a bit more imminent for her, but that's where we're going. Oh, it was so encouraging. It was so encouraging to me, but it was also lovely for me to then be able to share it with my mum. That's where we're going, mum. The other was a little bit more mundane than that, and that was on Friday. So, so that one was a deep encouragement, that first one. The second one was a gentle rebuke from the Lord. I was working at the university. I went back to work on Friday. I'm a university tutor for half the week. I found myself walking behind two people who clearly live a lifestyle that I find very difficult. I won't say any more than that. You may, you may pick up what I might be referring to. I was walking behind two people and I felt myself feeling annoyed and frustrated at what's happening in our society and in our world. And that frustration was directed at those two people at that particular time. And I just felt the Lord say, and if I was here, those would be the people that I would be walking next to. I associated with tax collectors and publicans and prostitutes. I felt his rebuke. But also what it did was it just turned something around in me. His rebuke was so loving, it was so gentle, it was so direct that I also found myself feeling differently to those two individuals walking in front of me found myself feeling different. 
it was almost like at that moment there was a bit of a sea change here. I was grateful for that. A good portion is available for us. It's not available for everybody. It's a deep, rich privilege, and it's one that if we give ourselves to it, it won't be taken away. This year, let me encourage you, take your frustrations to him. Don't expect that he'll necessarily address them, but he will teach you. He will make you more like himself. And this year, choose the good portion. Protect it. Because nobody will ever take it away from you. Cultivate intimacy with the Savior. And never be afraid because he will always respond to you with love and grace and kindness. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we, we would say with the writer of a very old hymn, Hallelujah, what a Savior. We just thank you so much that you're so kind to us. We thank you that you bear our burdens. We thank you that you are completely committed to making us more like yourself. We thank you that day after day you invite us to sit at your feet. We confess to you that so often we choose a portion which is not as good as the one you're offering. But this year, Lord, at the beginning of this new year, we ask you to help us to choose the good portion when it's offered. We ask you for many, many moments during this coming year when we will experience intimacy with you through the Holy Spirit who you've sent to be with us. We pray that you will help us to protect our prayer times, our corporate times together with our church family. We pray that you'll open our eyes as we go about our daily life to be aware of the times when you want to say something that will change us, correct us, encourage us, rebuke us, make us more like you. We thank you that when we make the choice to submit to those times, what you do in us, nobody will be able to take away. So we pray that you will continue your good work in us until the day you take us home. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.